This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Minutiaman Celebrity Interview is up next, but first listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. And you sound full of energy for some reason, Howard. What's going on? That's because we've got sportscaster Vince Cellini golf channel cnn veteran he's seen he's done it all and we're going to have a great talk about whether sports is going to come back or not and great advice for getting me through the covid and staying in shape vince cellini next on back to you back to you with howard sudbury and steve baskerville you can find back to you on spotify opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits the following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Minutia Man Celebrity Interview with Rick and Dave. Our guest today is one of those people that needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, he's a, he's a legend in Chicago for his many years manning the Channel Two News with Walter Jacobson, a nationally known Chicago uh, newsman, thanks to his years at CBS Network News. But Bill Curtis is much more than that. He's still working more than ever. He's a scorekeeper announcer at NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the voice of the Decades Network, the author of a novel called 2050, the owner of Curtis Productions, and we'll get into all of that. But here's what I want to ask about first. All right, I want to hear about a young disc jockey in Kansas from KTOP Radio named Tony Curtis. (laughs) Wow, I know him. Uh, Radio One, <laughs> K-Top Radio One. Uh, we had a disc jockey known as uh, Professor J. Jasmo Bob, <laughs> professor of the College of Knowledge of Jazz. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> With the Sonoramic uh, g- g- News Cruiser number one. Uh, <laughs> you know, Driving throughout Topeka Color Channel. <laughs> God, I love it. What, what, what's the weather? <laughs> Tell us the weather. Right. You know, it was it was the days of top forty radio. I don't even know that that's still around. Um, and and they had all the teenagers, uh, you know, in town mm-hmm. listening. Hey, you were it's one of them. About, you were a teenager yeah, too, yeah. right? It was one hundred and fifty thousand uh, people, the capital of Kansas. And they would pull into the drive-in and uh, be li- all listening to K-Top radio. And uh, I, I uh, was able to stand it for six months. <laughs> I, was, I was going to college at uh, the University of Kansas, uh, 30 miles away, and I would commute over. And But it was almost uh, self-induced insanity because <laughs> you, you go into the room and the same records at the same time oh yeah uh every day yeah. i suppose if i'd put my mind to it i could have been better but, <laughs> are there uh, are there still like, some songs that make you like uh uh you know look into a sweat you know, <laughs> when well yeah all shook up uh you know elvis presley uh, uh, all right and this is interesting i caught the uh ears of the attention of my uh, daughter uh, when I was, you know, playing records, um, Elvis was brand new. Right. So we would wait for the latest record and he'd bring out, uh, you know, starting with, uh, what's the dog song? Yeah, yeah. Nothing but a hound dog or yeah, yeah. on hound dog. And, and, but I remember uh, all shook up because I really liked that. 
and uh, the others have kind of passed on into oblivion. <laughs> so, so why Tony Curtis? Was that was that obviously? I mean, to was he a star at that time, Tony Curtis? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. He was very big, and that's only half of it. It was Tony Curtis with a K. Yeah, Rick, of course, totally different. And so, and it was not my idea. Oh, it, it was, wasn't. Uh, <laughs> well, no. Well, and, yeah, wasn't Landecker? Yeah, uh, you, you, you know John Records, uh, Landecker? Records, yeah. of course. Uh, Records, so he I, changed his name officially. Well, no, that was his, <laughs> real, his name. real name. That's his real name, Records. Really, really, he was really <laughs> born with his mother's maiden name was Records, and that was his middle name. Oh, my God. But when he went to uh, Philadelphia, uh, and he was a, a top 40 disc jockey, probably near the same era, they changed uh, his name to Scott Walker, <laughs> even though even though Records was his name, it truly he, was his middle name, and he was playing records. They changed his name to Scott Walker, <laughs> which I just thought is a very funny. Okay. Um, so tell us the significance of the phrase "For God's sake, take cover" from those radio Ooh, days. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, it was my part-time job. I finally left the radio and went into the only. TV station in town throughout uh, my college and then on to law school. So it was a great part-time job. And um, I graduated from law school and was studying for the bar. And uh, my friend uh, Tom Parmley, who was news director there at WIBW, um, asked me to fill in for the six o'clock news. So I happily left my tax review class <laughs> review class and uh, went out and, and did the six o'clock news weather you know is something to be worshipped uh in farm country yeah so yeah. everybody listened to it and, and it's a serious thing uh, as it is here but um i did it and at six thirty, they said look we have a cold front coming in from manhattan to the west about 60 miles away why don't you stay we've had some uh, bad weather reported so long about seven o'clock uh, the general manager comes down and he said and and at the same time we get a uh, one of our cameramen on the southwest edge of the city calls in and says i have a tornado on the ground oh well it's uh, that's a big deal and <laughs> yeah. of course we didn't you know, we didn't really believe it because uh, there was an Indian legend that said, oh, it will protect you uh, and the city, you know, because it'll cause the tornado to bounce up in the air. Oh. Well, um, general manager looked at me and said, you're going to have to go on and at least give a warning. And so I get ready to go on. The TV show was Lost in Space. <laughs> sure. And um, uh, so we break in at the beginning so we wouldn't leave uh, or lose audience, you know, later on. And uh, I was just ready to give the warning. And we get another call from uh, the cameraman who said, uh, it's a big one. It's on the ground. It just wiped out the Huntington apartment complex. Oh, yeah. uh, there were 200 apartments there. What we did not know is this was an E5 before they even had a rating of E5s, four, three. And um, it was on the ground and headed to the university and the hospitals and subdivisions and right toward the Capitol. Well, so I went on. 
and um, I was 26. Uh, uh, broadcasters don't often find themselves in that position. And I said, uh, you know, for God's sake, take cover to shorten it. And um, those that phrase uh, stuck. <laughs> and with the people, especially who were there, we were the only TV station in town. So it was a good one, CBS. So we um, everybody watched it and headed for the basement. Uh, this thing was on the ground for 12 miles right through the heart uh. of the capital of Kansas. Uh, we had, I think, a dozen dead. And, uh. and, but um, the TV station was credited with saving a lot of lives. So it means a lot. <clears throat> a couple of years ago on the, I think it was, the, was it yeah, about the 60th, 50 or 60th anniversary, why they threw a memorial service for me and uh, uh i went down there were 700 people there oh wow, wow. Uh, all of whom at least one in the family uh had been you know caught and uh in it and has these vivid memories you know i was fine i was out of the action uh, it, i was on the the south or the north uh, west corner and it was diagonal you know but um so everybody else had a hard time we stayed on the air 24 hours wiped out eight out of ten old sandstone buildings at the university wow and uh, anyway so big moment in my life um and in three months i sent out my tape and in three months i was in chicago Amazing. so uh, yeah. So, um, how did the Lost in Space episode end? <laughs> yeah. Wait, if people are out there, they have right, no right. idea. Exactly. I mean, they have to watch well, it in reruns because yeah. they never saw that episode. Uh, June Forsyth uh, was uh, the star, if you'll recall. So, yeah, uh, that's right. And, you know, it'll pop up. Now and, then. <laughs> and I halfway expect to see the announcement. <laughs> well, that's what we're going. That's what we're going to do for the next show. Is we're going to figure out we'll what find happened. out which episode it was. So I I, uh, I met you many years ago when I was a producer of John Landecker show, and you came into the studio one day, and I'll never forget this. You were wearing a yellow suit. And we talked about <laughs> rock and roll, which is something that you don't often talk about. Uh, no. Do you remember that morning? <laughs> I know John. Okay, yeah. Well, so you may so. not remember the yellow yeah, suit, but still, I, yeah, I remember the yellow the suit because we don't see yellow suits very often. But but if memory uh, serves, you had a story about meeting the Rolling Stones. Does that does that ring oh, a bell? Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it was more recent. Uh, you know, we went out and they were coming through town I, on, uh, you know, one of their tours that was unique because they had been laying out for a while. Right. And uh, they were appearing in Soldier Field, and I think Sprint was uh, sponsoring it. So they said, uh, why doesn't, you know, these chosen uh, people, you know, come to a party, pre-party uh, backstage? The big shots. Before, yeah, before the concert. So we all gathered back there and you know, line up, and there's the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come out, and they're very friendly, but, you know, they're like businessmen. Yeah. But God, they've been doing this so long and making so much money 
I remember that Keith Richards uh, was dressed in a natty sport coat. Not a yellow, not a yellow sport <laughs> not coat. Not a yellow suit. He lent that to me. I mean, that was so beneath him. And um, and he came up and he said, uh, "Are you gonna? Are you here to investigate us?" <laughs> he and knew I who you here. were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So either he had been uh, prepped or uh, watched. You know, entertainers watch <laughs> watched my stuff because. We would always be on late at night at second and third play on A&E, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. And uh, David Bowie <sighs> uh, was watching and became a fan out in Vegas. Wow. And his, um, his what do they call it, uh, warm-up act, um, cover act, is that it? The, the uh, opening, opening act. Opening act, sure. Yeah, and these were the... Um, Dandy Warhols. Oh, okay, Never yeah. heard of him. <laughs> I didn't know anything about him. And he said, you know, you ought to include uh, this Bill Curtis guy on one of your records. And, well, how? Yeah. And anyway, they called me and stopped by. So I recorded some lines, you know, there are Portland group. And today, <laughs> today, I will look at Wikipedia or something like that, and they'll refer to Bill Curtis appears on a dandy world. <laughs> Do you have a copy of that album? Is it signed? No, I never, never heard. I guess I heard it once, but I, uh, <laughs> I could probably go online. But anyway, back and there was um, Mick, and he had his daughter with him, and looked like a doting father. Mm-hmm. But there was there was also um, well we were uh, there's a friend you know we were all standing there and um, Keith was standing behind uh, a woman who was standing behind me you know as we're lining up and um, she said um, Keith Richards just said um, you have great breasts. <laughs> oh. And uh, I said, wow, well, you know. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And, and, of course, she was thrilled. She was not insulted. She was thrilled. Years later, uh, I ran into her, and she said, you know, I figured out that wasn't it. What he said was, I have bad breath. Oh. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know those English guys. You can't understand exactly yeah, what like they're saying. I like the first one better. I like better. <laughs> anyway, there is a, a moment there when he started up the concert. We were out in the middle, and you know everybody was standing, and and uh, they had a runway that went right into uh-huh. the crowd, and uh, yeah, as they do, so they could run around, and um, the lights go down, and of course they're about forty-five minutes late. Lights go down, and somebody is walking on the runway out to the point, and suddenly the lights flash on, and you hear, dun, dun, da, 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 da. <laughs> and I thought that was one of the greatest openings I had ever heard, and of course I remembered it so i could tell it on the radio so right well there you go perfect thank you <laughs> you know you, you mentioned your life in you know kansas um so you're not an original chicagoan but we think you're a civic treasure the city loves you you know you you're one of our own uh and those and and for our listeners that i mean we have listeners all over the world 
Um, Costa Rica, by the way, we're really huge in Costa Rica huge. right now. Um, but, you know, you were on Channel 2 with Walter Jacobson, and you guys were legendary. I mean, everybody watched that newscast. And we, actually, Rick and I, um, published Joel Daly's book, who was about as big as you guys were a decade earlier. And sure. Jo- and, and, sure. and Joel always talks about, with us, not being able to really go out into public because he was recognized everywhere. Um do you and I, and I think I know the answer to this, but do you think local television will ever produce big stars like this again, again in this fractured kind of media world that we live yeah. in right now? I don't think so. I mean, uh, I probably wrong, but you know, if you stop and think, there were three of the major O and Os from the, the network-owned stations, yeah, and then WGN. So. People only had four TV stations to watch. And uh, Channel 2 was when I joined in 1973 with Walter. It had been running uh, after Fahey Flynn left mm-hmm. uh, pretty low <laughs> in the uh, third. And uh, in comes Bob Wessler, who was general manager of Van Gordon Sauter, the news director. And they had a new idea. Let's put it in the newsroom. And, uh, you know, looks it'll look like we're really in the process of gathering the news. And mm. frankly, that's that was real. But the anchor desk sat right there among the writers at the assignment desk. You can see a lot of um, that lingering, you know, in, mm. in the, around the country mm-hmm. in other uh, news operations. But um and it took us, uh, I think, about a year and a half, and it caught on. First of all, it was different. I had come as a, from a correspondent, uh, CBS News correspondent in the L.A. Bureau. Walter had been around for a while. He worked for Lynn O'Connor and uh, uh, Jack Mabley, columnist uh, for The American, I believe. So yeah. I was used to going out on stories. I covered the Manson trial for 10 months. Mm-hmm. And uh, a number of other using my law degree and uh, passed the bar, you know, so I, I kind of knew what had the conspiracy trial for six months. So uh, I wanted to continue going out rather than sit. And uh, that's when we took off. Uh, but Joel had, had been, uh, first of all, ABC hired Fahey Flynn away from Channel 2. He had been. And abs, you talk about a legend. Yeah. I mean, here's this little Irish guy. Uh, put him with uh, young Joel, and they took off. Oh, they were huge. So, yeah, very, very huge. Um, but ballet oh. and the, the celebrities. But we had <laughs> uh, athletes, politicians, and local TV people. Um, so I, my long answer to you is I, I can't see it happening yeah uh, but uh, well my, you know my I'm, kids i mean my oldest is 17 soon to be 18 i don't think she has watched a local news station right in right. her yeah. in her life i don't think and yeah. uh and I, I when i was in high school every night i would watch it yeah you know? it was um, so i, I right. agree with you it was, and, and you know, there's 24-hour news channels now, and people can watch oh, that yeah. too. And there's, but it's all fake. Yeah. It's yeah. all fake. <laughs> fake, fake news. They're all fake news. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here, you you touch upon what may be the most satisfying memory and reaction from those days that I will get. 
and uh, it's um, usually from uh, um, you know the South Side who were really big viewers. And a guy will come up, and he may be 25, 30 years old, and he said, I remember watching you with my my folks. And the routine was the kids got the TV up until 10 o'clock. Right. But then it was mom and dad's time. And so if they wanted to continue watching TV, the kids went in, sat on the sofa next to them, kept their mouths shut because they had to, and absorbed the news and in a moment of uh, family togetherness yeah sort yeah. of like around the table right. dinner table so um and people what do they do they remember that moment yeah right and yeah. and walter and i and it's just great great feel good about that you know uh you talked about some of the stories that you covered um you know, it, it, looking back on on TV reporting back in those days, and you said you were a, a, like a legal analyst, right? So, um, you, yeah. Um, too bad Core TV wasn't around, although, although, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. Um, but what if looking back to you, what is the one the one story that was the most interesting that you covered? Agent Orange. Really? Um, yeah. I. I, with a focus unit, uh, investigative unit uh, out of Channel 2, broke that story. Can you imagine? Wow. Uh, this big story that's still going on. Um, and, you know, we worked on it for a month together. All the, We had to almost, my, my legal training came in handy because I knew that we were going to have to face the chemical companies that would deny it five of them that manufactured uh, the agent orange defoliant used in vietnam and uh, so we had to establish was it dangerous were uh, u.s veterans exposed and if they were exposed what kind of problems could they be reporting now and uh, we held our own and held our own until uh, abner mikva who was a congressman mm -hmm. out of the 10th district uh, held a hearing for us in Washington at the Armed Services, uh, you know, room. And so we went back, and uh, it, it had uh, gotten out. But the VA took the attitude that, well, it's just a local station. This isn't much of a story. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, the chemical companies tell us that there's nothing to it. So we're going to fight this. We get back there. And it was full. The room was full. All of Washington seemed to, you know, be interested because if it was true, was true by some accident in their mind, uh, think of uh, <laughs> all the money and all the problems of yeah. us using biological warfare on our own troops. Yeah, that's right. not good. So um, about 10 minutes in, I had a picture of, a, of an hour documentary. I had a picture of um, an interview with a guy from Plate Coup, who had uh, special forces, and they served in Plate Coup, which was in the Agent Orange zone, which was used, incidentally, to take the leaves off the trees right. so we could see the enemy. And um, his five-year-old son came in and put his hand on the knee and his tip of his finger was dangling off held by the skin and it was a congenital defect and so the camera you know 
moves down and gets a close-up of that. And I could hear a hush go through the audience, like almost an audible mm. wow. And I knew we're in. Yeah, you got something here. We're in. Mm. And so today, even today, first of all, the Vietnamese are suing in the international court for you know four million dollars or more and uh 200,000 veterans have been compensated 50 diseases are now listed on the agent orange automatic compensation if you can prove you were there and had exposure bingo you're in and uh, so that was the biggest and the most interesting because you had to approach it like a, a lawsuit Wow. But I, as I say, I covered the Manson trial for 10 months, sat next to uh, Charlie. Uh, Was he wearing a yellow suit? <laughs> There's got to be another yellow suit somewhere, right? <laughs> he would have. You know, he, he and the girls, you know, would carve the swastika, swastika yeah, yeah. you know, on their foreheads. It was, who knew that it would become America's ghost story? Yeah. yeah, yeah favorite murder. Yeah, it's true. All right, we have to take a break, but Minutia Men will be right back. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Minutia Men on the Radio Misfits. Today on this week's Minutia Men, we're talking about Nazi stuff. Oh, and then we're talking, we're talking about a cub, because we do that. Oh, we have an interview with a guy or a girl. We don't even. Uh, it's Mark Cuban. We're interviewing celebrities. It was the Man celebrity interview. Ooh, we clearly, we're all in a great place for this. We're just <laughs> we're spending like a full minute ripping on Minutiaman. The only reason we even exist, the only reason this whole goddamn network exists, I swear. The best thing this show has going for it right now is that it's on the same network as Minutiaman. And friends. An Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, it's a look at cars and trucks that hold their value, plus more stats on AMG's magical 2-liter turbo. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me as I drive solo for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we're back. You know, uh, not uh, news stories aren't the only thing that you break. You also broke our hearts in 1982 when you went to New York to host the CBS Morning News with Diane Sawyer. Um, you know, what was that experience like? Is that like the culmination? Is yeah. your like your 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 dream? Well, I thought so. Yes, uh, very observant uh, because everybody wants to go to the network, right. uh, allegedly. And um, I roll in, and um, Diane was wonderful, and uh, I worked with Phyllis George. Mm -hmm. You know, the people were great. But it's a, um, a kind of a briar patch of politics, because if you're holding the one job everybody wants, right. then it, it, they're at you. Uh, and they have friends and cliques uh, in, in the organization that are trying to pull you down. So, um, actually, we were using a lot of uh, live uh, pickups and satellites. I could do much better if I uh, were able to do it again. But that combined with the politics combined with uh, early 
the early hours, and I said, oh, I've got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And what do I want to do now? I've, having seen the top of the mountain, and it's uh, littered with oxygen tanks. Like <laughs> yeah. Mount Everest. Uh, well, uh, I said, well, I, I want to start my own production company and do documentaries on my own. Yeah. And came back, started Curtis Productions, um, you know, went back to work at BBM. We have now produced 500 documentaries or shows. That's amazing. uh, Series like uh, Cold Case Files, New Explorers, Investigative Reports. And and, uh, and I've narrated a thousand shows. (laughs) Wow. Wow, that's, that's, that's do, do, that is unbelievable. Do you ever like stumble upon something and you're like, oh wait, that's me? I mean, you've done so much stuff. You're like, oh, I forgot about this one. That's right. That is right. I, it happened the other day, and uh, my wife will turn to me and say, "Is that? When did you do that?" I have no idea. I, don't know. I, I have no idea. But put it in front of me, and I'll read it. So, despite all of your incredible accomplishments, and we've gone over a lot of them here, can I guess what people ask you about the most? Anchorman. I knew it. I knew it. I mean, that's got to be something. You're like this distinguished newsman with a you know a 50 year career right. of excellence, right. and people right. are like, right. Agent hey. Orange, Charles Manson, the whole deal. And people are like, hey, remember that wacky movie that you were in? And I was scared that I had thrown it all away. Oh, okay. <laughs> and maybe I have for, for generations. No, actually, your your appearance on our podcast is already <laughs> your right. career. <laughs> yeah, this is the last. This is the last one. Well, I, you know, I called around uh, Adam McKay, uh, who's now won an Oscar for yeah. directing, was uh, at Second City when um, Walter and I were riding high, and of course we're. We weren't necessarily the model for Anchorman, but we were, you know, first guys we th- he thought of. Right. Uh, when he wanted to do the thing and uh, uh, with Will. And and um, so I, I called uh, Harold Ramis uh, say, hey, what is this? Um, you know, do you think this is legitimate or will I throw my career away? He said, I don't know. You never know. <laughs> yeah, it could go either be. way. <laughs> yeah, not there. You guys. feel lucky? <laughs> right. You can always go back to Tony Curtis and Topeka. Right. It doesn't work out. Here I come. And so I read the script, and I was laughing out loud. They wanted me to do a little audition. Little did I know. And it was Judd Apatow. I mean, you've yeah, got the, the top ensemble of humor for the last 10 years gathered in the universal studios uh audio uh, studio waiting to hear you know who adam was is the narration and um i would laugh uh at the jokes between uh, you know sentences and things and when you write comedy um it just takes once and then you're tired of it and you don't know if it's funny Right, and um, they 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 were so thrilled that I thought it was funny. <laughs> that say, oh, he he's the guy. That's so. Um, on we go, and uh, it's the movie. Little did I know <laughs> that every anchor man in the country, network and local, 
was jealous that they didn't get that job. <laughs> Good. You know, that'll show you. <laughs> and they would all have thrown their careers away. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Uh, you know, you, you just mentioned about writing comedy. Uh, many people don't know this, that you wrote a book. You wrote, and Rick and I had the honor of helping you publicize it. Um, tell us a little bit about 2050. Um, it's your name of your book is 2050, a parable for a dying planet. It sounds like a comedy. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it's available on Amazon. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about this? Is, is this your attempt to, you know, get the world to try to take climate change seriously? Or, you know, what is your intent? Yeah, tell us a little bit about 2050. Yeah. Yes, it is. And I'm looking into the future to the to the year 2050. And as a matter of fact, that's my current uh, cause. Uh, trying to gather enough data so that I can write something else, maybe an extension of 2050. Mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, we have 800,000 refugees from Syria living in camps in, yeah, uh, right. in Jordan. I mean, I mean, this is real, real stuff, not uh, the little stuff like the virus. Right. But um, and it is set in Kansas. And all of a sudden, uh, the town, little town right outside my ranch, um, sees a cloud of dust. And um, they sort of know what it is, but it's a group of migrants uh, that is on the road heading their way. And the migrants come not only from uh, out of the country, but uh, uh, you know, displaced people from the Southwest because the Southwest uh, is no longer habitable. Yeah. And uh, they all gather and here they come. And so I, you know, take a little bit of all the stories that I have covered and uh, I've got a gang and, and the locals, you either have to fight or flee or they'll take over the town. Well, where are they going to go? You know, all the people who are going to be moving out of the coastline losing their homes when the oceans rise, where are they going to go? Well, one place is that small towns that are dying now, you know, and um, you put uh, enough people into a small town and they've taken it over. So anyway, that's the basic theme. Wow. Wow. That's great. A few killings, a little blood. And... Well, I think Will Ferrell will be excellent in this <laughs> right. movie, by the way. <laughs> Adam McKay. <laughs> Judd Apatow, yeah, yeah, are you listening? <laughs> yeah. He could make them laugh themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Bill, this has been a great honor for us. Thank you very much for it's being really on the been show. Great. Um, uh, is, is there something that uh, you've got going on that you'd want to plug that we have missed? Uh, no, I, I do, but I don't want to blow it. Oh, um, oh. Maybe we'll talk about it. I'm sure you'll want to talk about it, uh, you know, a little bit later. Okay. Maybe make an extension. I'm sorry to do that. but That's okay. You know, you always have a place well, yeah, we'll, right here. We have a barely scratched the surface, so right. we'd love to have you right. back yeah. sometime. Yeah, and remember I'm Costa just, Rica. Uh, we are huge yep. in Costa Rica. Bro. Right, exactly. So uh, <laughs> I don't, we don't know why, but we are. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe that do something for Costa Rica and you're, you're gold, my yeah. friend. Well, Thank I love that. You know, I've been there several times doing yeah. the new explorers. Yeah, I love go. Costa Rica. Well, you know what? We'll do a remote. Bill, thanks for being on the show. 
Okay, guys. All Thank right. you Thanks, very Bill. much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with opishows.com. Uh, opi is hippo backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. Thanks, Tony. Um, we're distributed by Ed Silla, the Radio Misfits. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place, radiomisfits.com. And we'll be back again next week with another Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The proceeding was a presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Hey, this is Tony Lasano with Nude Hippo, the podcast. And this week, I have a special guest. Her name is? Amy Records Landa. <laughs> it's not Records. <laughs> records is not your middle name. <laughs> and we'll talk about the season finale of? Transparent on Amazon Prime. And the next edition of Nude Hippo, the podcast. I am not nude, though. We don't know. <laughs> nude Hippo, the podcast. <laughs> Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. No, I like listening. On this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick, we talk about the English Premier League and the top four teams in the league every year qualify for the Champions League. So there's a battle at the end of the season, Adam. It's looking pretty exciting right now, isn't it? Really good. Lots of games left, all fighting to get into that top four. So we'll break down each of those teams on this week's Free Kicks with Adam and Rick on Spotify, opishows.com, or wherever you find podcasts, just search for Radio Misfits.